I have tweets that get hundreds of thousands of impressions and like a hundred followers. And I have tweets that get only like 30k impressions, like 10 times less and a hundred followers too. So there's definitely, it's not just about getting viral. It's really about being relevant. Welcome to a new episode of Hype Fury Presents. In season two, I interview new guests with the same vibe and the same goal to make you a better creator. Today, I talk to Dagobert Renouf. Dagobert is the meme king on the startup side of Twitter. He brightens our days with his daily memes, but he also knows his Twitter game. In this episode, we talk about how to grow your Twitter audience fast. Dagobert released a very insightful Twitter growth course, and he shares the insights from his course. Even I learned a bunch of new things. My name is Unique, co-founder of Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoyed the show. So good to see you. Uh, for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I started the startup with my wife a couple of years ago, had a lot of trouble doing that, then eventually found Twitter, got more success thanks to it. Now I'm also helping people grow their own Twitter. Can you tell me a little bit what you did with your wife that failed? Yeah. So, you know, we had this idea for a startup a few years ago about a logo generator website. And the reason we had this idea is because my wife is a logo designer and I'm a web developer. So, you know, we thought naturally we could just create a system to automate her work. That was the plan at least. So we spent a couple of years doing that, left our jobs, spent a lot of our savings. And the problem we had though is that we launched and it didn't get us anywhere. Like we had one sale in three weeks, I think, like 100 euros. And then we were pretty clueless about, you know, how to grow it. So that was the big challenge is to realize that, okay, you can't just do a good product. Like it's not enough. Even though people who used it said it was good, like they love the product, but you know, it's not enough. So that was the reason why it failed is we didn't consider anything else beyond building the product. We just thought of doing a good job, but didn't think of marketing distribution and all that. Yeah. yeah. You thought if I build it, they will come. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I should uh, print a t-shirt with that on because like, it's, it's really something I used to believe. And even now with more experience, it's still a trap I have to, you know, consciously avoid. I have to think, okay, it's not going to be enough because like when you build your own product, you fall in love with it. You think it's awesome. You think it's going to be helpful. So you have this tendency to think, okay, it's going to be enough or something. But no, it's never enough. I mean, sometimes it is, but you have to be lucky. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about the marketing you did? But Because I, I don't believe you just, you know, press publish on your website and then you just sit and wait. What did you do? Yeah, so we did a couple posts. We posted on Indie Hikers. We announced it on Reddit, wrote a couple tweets, you know, but we didn't have any audience back then. So yeah, we did announce it. But so we got probably, I guess, a thousand people to our website. We had a waiting list of a hundred people. But I think the big challenge is how do you bring people all the time? Because like, it's easy to launch something to say, hey, we have something new, it's exciting. But you know, two days later, it's not new anymore, it's not exciting anymore. So how do you make people come back? And that's like when it gets very tough. Exactly. That's also the reason why you see a lot of launches on Twitter and then you know, it gets quiet again for that creator. We'll get to that later because you also launched something interesting. Okay, so you create a product with your wife, it failed and you thought, okay, this is not gonna work. How did you come up with something new and why did that succeed? 
So we actually kept the same product because we still had hope about it because we noticed the few customers that we managed to get, they said it was awesome. They told us, oh, wow, this is the product I always dreamed about. This is the thing I need. So it kept us going and kept us hopeful. So like the two years we spent building weren't all wasted, you know, because we still built something that had some value for some people. So that was very good. So we decided to stick with it. And then we just tried, you know, whatever we could to bring more people, but we had no experience. So we tried, I remember writing one article per week on Indie Hackers. So, you know, that was bringing some traffic. We tried some publicity stunts by offering Indie Hackers to redo their logo for free, you know, hoping it would get us some visibility. We started the blog, but we didn't invest too much time on it. And it didn't seem easy to get off the ground because it's very competitive niche, you know, logo design is like so competitive. So SEO was a bit out of the question. And eventually, you know, we tried Google ads, we spent $600 and got zero sales. So that was tough because we realized the people who look for logo generator are mostly just 13 year old wanting to build a Twitch channel. So they don't have money. So it's not the kind of customer we are after. So that was a problem. And then the last thing we tried was sponsoring newsletters. So we started paying to appear on indie newsletters, but didn't do anything significant. And that's only when, out of desperation, I started tweeting because I was like, okay, I tried everything. I'm just going to spam links to my website on Twitter. And one day I linked to Logology on somebody's tweet and that went semi-viral for me at the time. That was like 60 likes, which was huge for me at the time. And it got a thousand hits and two sales in 24 hours. And it was like, oh shit, we never had such a result like this before. So it made me think, okay, I need to do this with Twitter. I'm going to try to do this every day. How can I make this happen every day? How can I get two sales per day with Twitter? So I started, you know, being way more active. That's cool. Ah, So that was a light bulb moment where you thought, whoa, if I add value to the conversation and I I share my link, people actually following that link and buying from me on Twitter. Yeah, that was very weird because I've, I've never been a fan of social media. It always seemed very impossible. Like when you see big content creators, I always thought, okay, this is a complete different thing. I always thought I could create content, but I never understood how I could get eyes on it. Like, how do you make people give a shit? And I was, you know, overthinking it and thinking, you know, you need to be a big star or something. So when I saw that you could just be a nobody, tweet something and get sales, it was a uh, eye-opening moment. And then I thought, okay, let's try that again, you know, and let's see how it goes. Yeah. And you probably did try just that, but you also probably saw that a lot of those tweets failed. Oh yeah. I mean, that was like one successful one out of like 20 or 30 that I did that, you know, but every time I had one person to my website, I was already winning. I felt like, okay, if I bring enough, I'm going to get more sales. I was just like, you know, brute force approach of like, I don't know, marketing, SEO seems out of the question. So I'm just going to, you know, spend hours a day spamming my link you know, until something happens. And after three weeks, something happened, you know. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But probably somewhere in your mind, you also started to think, okay, like this works a little bit, but how can I get this to work on a like bigger scale? So what did you do? So I started tweeting a bit more because I wasn't even tweeting. I was just replying. So then I started tweeting from my own account. And I was trying things, sharing revenue, but nothing really stand out. Nothing really got me any success. I had like only 150 followers back then. And it was mostly people from like 10 years before or like five years before, like people from high school. So like who were tweeting in French. So 
it's almost as if I had like 10 followers or zero. But then one day I had my second successful tweet, which is somebody come to my website to Logology. You know, so it's a website where you can generate a logo and then you need to buy it if you want to use it. And he saw it chatting and be like, oh yeah, nice logos. A bit expensive though. I'm like, oh, okay, well, if you can't afford it, you can like do this and that. You know, I'm trying to be nice. And he's like, or I could just take a screenshot and steal it. I'm like, what? Dude, yeah, you can do that, but that's illegal. So, you know, fuck you. And he was like a real dick about it. And so I was so pissed. And it was at the same time I was starting to tweet more. And I took a screenshot and I tweeted it. And I got so much support and love from the startup community. That's the day where Arvid Carl started following me. He sent me a DM and I showed him the rest of the convo I didn't show on public. It was very fun. So that's when I, he started following me and I started meeting more people. And then, you know, when, once I started tweeting, it got a bit more traction. And eventually I found some cool stuff that I did, like memes, you know, to have some fun and stuff like this. That's interesting. And so I'm trying to analyze this huh? because right now you are like a big account. But back then you were also, I think, a little bit oblivious about what was happening on Twitter. I guess you were maybe using the search uh, bar for people who were uh, tweeting about logos or stuff like that. Yeah, mostly people saying, what are you building? Because I was really targeting indie hikers. Uh, stuff but yeah exactly yeah and then but did you all already also like uh, start following people in the uh, in the hacker community or was that later after you posted that rant about uh, the guy who wanted to rip you off oh as i said like a few months earlier i had started blogging on indiehackers.com and so i already met some friends there and they had a twitter account so i was following like i don't know like 30 people or 20 people who i was looking up to and so, you know, most of them didn't follow me back, but then eventually, you know, as I started tweeting more, they followed me back and I started building relationships. And once you have like that couple dozen people who are like in the same niche, friends with each other, tweeting every day, that's when it becomes fun because you're all like interacting with each other and it's really creating a snowball effect of it's, it's happiness, but it's also like, well, technically it's engagement. Like they're enga you're engaging with each other, it's getting more visibility and then you start growing and it's very positive. And was that moment, because he actually, that was some sort of meme you created. He said, well, I'm just going to screenshot the logo, but you actually screenshotted the conversation. So that was like a, a meme in itself. Was that also the moment you started thinking like, hey, I need to do more with visuals. I need to do, or I need to start memes or, or how did it go? I guess, you know, once I understood that Twitter had potential, I was just looking for ways to get engagement. I was looking for ways to get viral. And even to this day, my goal is to get viral every day. Every day, that's my goal, you know, bring value, but be viral. And so, because, you know, because my business literally depends on it. My sales of my startup now, they come from Twitter. So it's way more now, but it's still mostly from Twitter. So that's important for me to go viral every day. That's like part of my strategy. So yeah, back in the day, it was just like trying things, having fun. And memes was just like one of my experiments. And the funny thing though is, at the beginning, memes didn't get any success. I was like tweeting memes and get two likes, whereas my tweets were getting nine or 10, which is a big difference. But the reason is I love doing it. And I thought, well, and you know, I started using Hype Fury back then because like that was one of the very first tool I bought was Hype Fury because it really helped me be more consistent with Twitter. It was, I think in July or August. So I only had like 250 or 300 followers. And I was like, if I'm going to be consistent, I need like this schedule thing. 
So that was very attractive to me to see this calendar and be like, okay, I need to tweet every day. That was very motivating me to be consistent. And so eventually memes were an easy way to fill it up. I'm just going to, you know, create tons of memes. So at least I have one thing per day. And I started, you know, doubling down on it. And eventually after about one month, I guess maybe the jokes improved a bit and I got one or two viral memes and then it became a thing. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to commit to do one meme per day now because it's making me stand out and people are having fun. So I'm just going to double down on it. Yeah, that's interesting. I was five minutes before we started this call, I was hosting a webinar together with uh, Jose Rosado. And he actually, he says the exact opposite as, as you just did. So I want to see how you respond to this. He's like, yeah, I don't care about impressions. I only care about sales. Yeah, so he doesn't care about going viral. Yeah, he, he's, he also uses a different tactic, I guess. Yeah? So he's more into having people DM him. He has like these hand raisers. He tells people, well, if you want my free ebook, just send go to my DMs. And, and so he has a different strategy. And then... Your strategy is more, I just want, I want to reach. And because of all that reach, a few people will find my website and will see that I can create cool logos and they'll actually buy from me. Is, is that correct? That's it. Yeah, that's the strategy. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and so, because I've also like seen a lot of tweets that go viral, but people only get 60 followers out of that. But you also go viral, but you also get followers out of that. What, what do you think is the difference between you and some random person who goes viral? So it really depends on the tweet. I have tweets that get hundreds of thousands of impressions and like a hundred followers. And I have tweets that get only like 30k impressions, like 10 times less and a hundred followers too. So there's definitely, it's not just about getting viral. It's really about being relevant. Basically, the more, the, the way I make a tweet bring me followers is I try to make people curious. That's why memes, for example, it's not very useful to get followers. It's only useful now because I became known as the meme guy. So this gives me kind of a personal brand that gives people a reason to follow me. Like, oh, if I want to have one meme per day, I know I'm going to follow this guy. So that's a positive thing. But the meme itself, like just one item, like one meme, well, most people who are going to engage with it, they're not going to be curious about me or what I'm doing. They're just going to be like, okay, it's a fun joke. I like it and I move on. But when I do a text tweet that is telling a story about my startup, like a struggle I went through and I overcame, a lesson I learned, or even like a more basic uh, celebrating revenue milestone or something like this, it's going to be way better at making people, what is he building? What is the startup he's talking about? And that's a big reason of how I managed to grow is like, I try to create tweets that are universal because I want to go viral. So universal lessons, people think that people can relate to and not be too specific about what I'm doing. But the added benefit that I didn't imagine initially is that when you make it universal enough and don't tell people the whole thing, don't, I don't say logology. I just say my startup, for example. When you do that, well, you get the benefit of being a universal tweet that people can relate to. And because it doesn't look like an ad or anything self-promoting, people are very happy to engage with it. They are not like, oh, this is just some guy promoting his shit. So they don't feel like, resistance to retweeting or liking or commenting. So it gets a lot more easy engagement. But because it's engaging and interesting, it makes them curious. But what is the startup he's building? So then they click on my profile and they either click on my link or go to, you know, follow me. And that's how, you know, after a couple of months, I kind of like figured that out. And since then, I have about 8K traffic from Twitter every month, just from people clicking on my bio, which is a lot. I and I didn't realize it was a lot until I compared to other big accounts and then I realized, okay, this thing to make people curious, it works. 
But it's a type of, you know, copywriting. It's about trying to turn it into something universal and not giving all the answers. It's, kind of, it's, it's subtle, but, you know, it's, uh, it's something I kind of like stumbled upon over time. Nice. So if we go back again, so you started, you know, you realized that traffic from Twitter could get you sales. You also realized that, hey, these memes are a good way for me to stay consistent. I'm going to do one every day. But the memes attract a certain audience. And I guess tweets attract a different type of audience. How did you, you know, look at that more as a strategy? And how did you change that over time? Tell us a little bit about that. So what I noticed that was very interesting is that memes are going to bring kind of low quality followers, if we can say that. But the thing is, because I also do a text tweet every day, then it kind of like acts as a filter. And a few people send me DMs telling me that somebody told me, I think the sentence that says everything, he said, I came for the memes, but I stayed for the insightful tweets. So the memes are really like a way to get a lot of reach, lots of eyes, lots of attention. And then people come in and then maybe they like what they see, maybe they don't. But because I had so much reach, then, you know, I still managed to get quite a few people who are very interested into the other things and not just the memes. And the second thing about memes is it has also this power of connecting with people because we have a saying in France, I don't know if it's only in France, but it sounds pretty French. So it's probably very French thing that says, embrace yourself for it. When you make a woman laugh, she's already halfway in your bed. You know, that's the saying we have. And I feel like with memes, it works with customers too. Like when you make somebody laugh, you already make them trust you. You already make them, you know, you diffuse the resistance or the worry about, oh, because like if you see someone tweet every day threads about growth, you might think this guy is a bullshitter. Like you don't know. And it's the same with everyone, everybody. But like when you see somebody make jokes, have fun and make you laugh, I don't know, like it's just more trustworthy. It's, it's more real. And so you trust it more. So I think the memes, even though it's not what's going to directly bring me sales, it's helping to kind of make people trust me, make people see me as a real person, somebody they can laugh with, hang out with. And so when they need a product that I sell, way easier because I made them laugh already. That's a good point. And I think also like how you can look at it at followers and gaining followers and sales. Also, like it's just a funnel. And so those memes get you a lot of impressions. A lot of people see your name for the first time. A lot of people see your uh, profile picture for the first time. And so a lot of people see that. And then some people might uh, visit your profile, then look at your tweets. And so slowly that top of the funnel, which is a lot of people trickle down to becoming followers and in the end, maybe also buy a logo from you. It's interesting. And, and so you started doing the tweets and the memes. At one point you could sustain yourself. There was enough volume coming from uh, Twitter. You actually, you know, we call that ramen profitability. You could actually live off your business just from your Twitter account. How did you do that? What were like the next steps for you? Okay, so the first thing is there's my wife too. So like there's two of us. And with Twitter, I managed to get us to 3K per month with Logology. So that's about one sale per day. But it's a pretty hard product to sell. So the problem is that's not enough to be ramen profitable, 3K per month. I mean, that's enough if it was just me or just her. But living in France, we basically need 5K with all the taxes and all the things we have to pay. So that's 5K just to, you know, basic profitability. And yeah, so eventually the way to reach that with Logology 
is uh, probably to do SEO. So that's the next thing I'm working on now. We are working on SEO to bring more traffic from different sources because I find it hard to get more than about 8K per month from Twitter in terms of traffic. I mean, I have ups and downs, but like I never had like a 20K month. So I haven't found like enough visibility in the niche to get there yet. So I don't know if that's possible. I'm trying, maybe I can get way more eventually. But, but the thing that took us over that and made us profitable is that then I started teaching the way of doing Twitter. So that's more like, initially I was, I really didn't want to do a course because I feel like it's so much BS. So many people who don't know what they're talking about, they sell a course. Like I saw some guy like, hey, I'm launching a Twitter course. And the guy has like 600 followers and he's like teaching you how to grow. It's like, uh, you know, doesn't sound really legit. And so I didn't want to do it also because I feel like I didn't want it to be the failure of my startup. Because my dream is still to build startups. It's not to become a teacher, even though I enjoy it. My goal is to build startups. That's the challenge. And my wife too, that's our challenge. That's our dream. So our goal is really to grow Logology even further. But eventually I realized, okay, I have value to bring. I was helping a lot of people over DMs, giving them tips and all my understanding of the algorithm. Because, you know, I, when I started taking Twitter seriously, I spent months, like 10 hours a day on Twitter, including weekends testing, experimenting, trying to understand the algo, you know, and all that stuff. So I had knowledge to share. And then I thought eventually, okay, I should do a course because it's going to help me with Logology. Like it's going to make us more sustainable because it's easier to sell. Because all the traffic I get from Twitter, it actually converts way more. Like the course now, whereas I used to make only 3K with Logology, the course can make 10K, you know, for the same amount of traffic. So I thought, okay, it's bringing value. It can help us be more sustainable. So I did it, I launched it, was successful, you know, awesome. Got about 800 sales in three months, you know, 50K. So that's huge, completely huge for us. And now it's sustained, you know, it's like about three to four sales per day. So that's awesome. But, but yeah, the idea was really like, it's going to be like a stepping stone to growing Logology even further. And so now my goal this year is like to take Logology to 10K, mostly through SEO and also uh, pivoting and improving the product. And keep selling the course because, you know, it's awesome. I'm very happy to do this course and to have, you know, a lot of people love it and spread the world. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I think there are, for any beginner people on Twitter, there are a couple of courses you need to buy. I think one, but it's, I think it's discontinued. It's the, against me, this new cocaine from Ed Lattimore. I don't know if you know the guy. Oh, wow. I never, I never, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I know that one. He was a former uh, boxing guy. And I think the reason why his course is really good is because he's a, he's a great writer. He really, really understands how to hook people in, how to trigger emotion. I think it's, that's a way to play on Twitter. It's just by writing fantastic stuff. That, that one is great. The other way, and I think that's much more your way, which is, I think, also great because it was an eye-opener to me as well, is a lot more... How do you use the algorithm to your benefit? It, and it's a different form of writing because you don't have to be a poet to do it the way your course teaches it. It's more like if you use the word startup in your tweet, the people who are interested in startups, will they'll see it more than if you don't use the word startup. That's like the basic thing, of course. But then there's an, an entire strategy around that to get even more views on it. I think that's... That was an eye-opener to me. Was that one of the things you found out by, by doing all the research? How did you get to that? Yeah, so it all started when I wanted to be viral every day. And it all started with the frustration of spending hours writing tweets 
I wanted to write amazing tweets, uh, was working my ass off on that. And then you tweet and you get zero views, you know, because so my course is not about telling you to write bad tweets. It's just about if you want to, if you're like really trying to bring value, you're, you're trying to write good tweets, you're trying to, you know, do something good, but it keeps failing. It's because of the algo. It's because you don't understand it. It's because you're making a mistake somewhere. Because if you do good content, you should have views. And that's, that was my main problem with Twitter. And I thought if I can solve that, I can get viral every day. I at least, you know, get a lot of attention every day. I can get sales of my startup and then I can win. So yeah, I started experimenting a lot with keywords, with posting schedule, number of tweets per day, engaging with others in certain ways and at certain times. You know, I tried basically everything I could think of to, okay, how do I make sure that my tweets have visibility and get a chance at getting viral? Because that was really the pain of like, and to experiment, I even sacrificed a few very good tweets that I knew were good. I knew they were going to be successful, but I like tweeted this, tweeted them at the worst possible time to make sure to validate that, okay, tweeting at the right time is crucial. So I even like validated my hypothesis to have a very clear formula that is guaranteed to work. But of course, if you write shit tweets, it's not going to work. You need to bring some value. But the point is, you don't need to be an amazing writer. You don't need, as you said, you don't need to be a poet. You don't need to be creating funny memes like me. You just have to, you know, have some things to say in your niche. And that's enough. Like, how many times a day do you see a tweet that's boring, but you still see it? You know, you're still in your feed. It's still getting likes and engagement. And you don't think it's the best tweet in the world, but you still like, yeah, it's there. So all I'm promising people with the course is that your tweet should be there. Like your tweet should be there too. Even if it's not the best tweet, it still has merit. It still has reasons to be visible. So if you just fix the few things you're doing wrong, your tweets are going to be visible and then you will be judged based on, okay, is it a very interesting idea? And if it's a very good idea, it will get viral. But at least you will get a chance. Like every day when you tweet, you get a chance of getting viral. That's interesting. And let's say I'm new at Twitter. How would you build like a 10K audience within, I don't know, a couple of months? What would you do? So I can't do that. <laughs> Because if you build a 10K audience in a couple of months, usually you cheat and it's low quality followers or you get lucky, you know, Because I noticed a good rate of growth is to double every month, at least unless, un until 10K. So let's say you start at 100, like I did. It's going to take six or seven months to get to 10K. And so obviously there's way more to this, but if I had to give like a very simple formula, it would be first create a list of 100 people in your niche who inspire you. So it can take some time to find these people because like, Well, a lot of people are not inspiring, to be honest. A lot of content is boring. So you need to find people who tweet interesting stuff. Very important to do that. So it can take like a couple hours, can take even like half a day or even one day to find between 50 and 100 people in your niche who do that. Then you add them, you add them to a private list. And then what you do every day is you spend 30 minutes at least, but 30 minutes is good, interacting with that list. So that means replying to their tweets, liking their stuff, but especially replying. And, you know, showing that you're interested and replying does two things. It builds relationships with them because it shows that you care and eventually they might follow you back and you start having, you know, mutual follows and people who will support your own content. But also it gives you visibility because when you don't have a lot of followers, you don't have visibility on your tweets. So if you reply to people who have visibility on their tweets, 
your replies will have visibility and you will get more people to discover your profile and get more followers. And then third thing is if you're inspired, you can just, you know, try to write two tweets a day minimum, but not more than four, like it's useless. Two tweets a day uh, minimum that you can write. And also if you have trouble finding good ideas for tweets, what you can do is you can take the replies that you did to the list beforehand you take like your two best replies of the day and you copy and paste them and create standalone tweets with them. Like sometimes you need to add more context, but the idea is that by replying to other people, if you are spending time trying to think of cool replies and bring value, some of your replies will get a few likes. And then if you get a reply with like three likes, four likes, okay, you know, this is a good one. You can copy and paste it and not retweet, but like tweet it as a new tweet. And that will create your body of content over time. So that way you don't spend too much time you build relationships and you start, you know, writing content. Very nice. Yeah, I think that will work great. And so what's I think also very interesting to a lot of people is hey, you launched the course successfully. Can you talk us through how you did the launch? And, you know, you mentioned that on Twitter as well. And we briefly touched on that before. It's still making money. It was not a big spike and then flat to almost zero sales. And so how did you do the launch and how did you make sure that the revenue continued to come in? Okay. So the initial thing to make sure revenue comes in is you need a good product. That's why I spent like five months to do this course, five months full time, not working on Logology because it was my first time recording any video. I learned about lighting, about how to record video. I recorded, I think 32 or no, if I count the bonuses, I recorded 50 hours about, which is a lot. And then I edited it down to like five hours, including the bonuses. So that was a long time to do that. But my point is, I believed it could work. So I invested myself in it. It wasn't one of these like small bets that I spent two days making. It was like, okay, I know it can bring value. I know there's a market. I know I have an audience. So I'm taking a risk. I'm spending five months creating the best course I can, you know. So that's a big reason why now it keeps selling. But about launch, so my plan was pretty simple. Is like, I had some early access launch to a few friends who had shown a lot of interest in the course. So I sold like 10 in pre-sale like this. Then I got some feedback from them and it helped me to make the course like better, like 10 or 20% that was missing to make it really, really good. And then when I launched, what I did was, well, the big secret is I had spent one year building an audience. That's the secret to the launch. Like I had a very engaged, I think when I launched, I had like 45K something followers. So, and I was very engaged people because I was spending a lot of time building relationships, making friends, probably met like 50 people over Zoom, you know, just to make more friends. And, you know, I was really engaged with all the people on Twitter. And the second thing is I never ask anything on Twitter. I never ask people to support me. I never ask for anything. I don't promote myself much. I just try to bring value and support others. So my plan for the launch was simply tell all of these people. So there was two things. There was about 50 people who had what I consider big accounts, who I'm friends with, who I just said, tell them a week earlier, I'm launching my course. Can you retweet it? You know, it's going to be, uh, it was a big ask. But since I never asked for anything, they did it. Like everybody did it. All the big accounts. I mean, not the biggest, not Andrew Gazdecki or Justin Welsh, which I asked, but you know, it's understandable, but everybody else, they did. And that was like a big reason why the launch was successful. It's like, because when you tweet, especially that the tweet had a link, which is a very good way to kill engagement, 
But I thought, okay, if I have the support from my big account friends, I can take the risk and tweet a link and it's going to be enough. So that was cool. I mean, like the launch tweet, eventually now it's more than 800 likes and it got crazy number of impressions. So that was the launch. And the second part was, I kept talking about the course here and there to people on Twitter. I wasn't tweeting about it much, but whenever somebody had a question about Twitter strategy in the past four or five months, I would reply with some tips. And then if they liked the tips, I would tell them, hey, do you mind if I send you a DM when I launch my course? And over time, I accumulated about 150 people and I had their handle and their authorization to send them a DM. So I sent them a DM too on the launch day, not even asking for support. I was just like, but I thought, you know, they would probably like the tweet at least and probably buy it. And I remember when I launched, it was last week of October and I was late and I thought I cannot go beyond last week of October because my plan was also to do a Black Friday promo, which was the month after. And I thought doing a promo less than one month after launch, it's too bad. Like it's too much. So I thought people wouldn't take it properly. They would think, you know, you just get people hyped and then you give a crazy discount. It's a bit misleading and a bit evil. So I was like, I need one month. So because I was convinced of this plan, I remember I overworked so much, like the week of launch, if I had worked normally, I would have been like 10 days late. So I literally worked all night. I remember doing 72 hours of work in one week, actual work, not counting breaks. And, and the week before that I did like 70. So like the last two weeks I did 70 hours. Like I was just mad. I wasn't human anymore. I wasn't like showering. I wasn't sleeping, but I was, you know, editing everything, making the landing page and all that. So anyway, bringing me to the launch because of the strategy, it's successful. I think we made 10K in 24 hours. So that was huge, you know, huge success. So that was awesome. And then word of mouth, people started taking the course and they loved it, you know, because it was quality, because I spent so much time doing it cool. A lot of people started tweeting about it like, oh, wow, this course is awesome. Second thing I did during the month leading to Black Friday, I was also asking people for their address, like people who bought the course. And I got about like 20 to 30% of them who told me their address. And then what I did is I sent them this, which is like a sticker that my wife designed about the course. And this was another way for word of mouth. It's like eventually hundreds of people just tweeted about it. Maybe not hundreds, but like almost a hundred tweeted about it, you know, with a picture of it, say, oh, it's awesome. It's the best course. That's another way, you know, to keep momentum going. And then Black Friday came and I did the biggest promo ever. So what I did is I did 40%. And if you retweet, you get 60% because I thought I need to put a link to the website. And if you put a link to a website, you need a way to overcome the kind of like lesser engagement that you usually get. So I thought of asking people to retweet and I got about, you know, 150 retweets. So that was sales too. And I think Black Friday did almost as much, if not more than the launch in terms of even just the money. So basically we ended uh, one month after launch, we ended at like 500 or 600 sales from both Black Friday and the initial launch plus the sales in between. So now I still send this to people every week. I probably sell like 10 or 20 a week. We have the momentum of people who like the course. Everybody talks about it. like. Almost every day, someone says that somebody should buy my course or something like people recommend it very often. And so now it's stable, you know, now my goal now is to do 10K per month with it. I know a lot of people talk about the launch as the only way to get traffic. But as I said earlier, 
with Twitter, I always managed to get traffic every month. So I wasn't worried about that. And I know like other big courses can sell like 10,000 uh, units. So I know there's enough people who are curious and who are eventually going to buy it anyway. So yeah, good product, very strong launch. And then you have, you know, hopefully some word of mouth. And also this thing with the sticker keeps the thing going and the momentum going. And I'm probably going to write a couple of threads about, you know, Twitter tips, even though I never did that. I mean, I did that once more than a year ago, but it's not my type of content, but I might try that to see how it goes. Cool. Dagobert, thank you very much for being here. Tell us, for people who don't know, where they can find you. So, you know, I'm just going to say, go to my Twitter because that's where everything is happening. It's where you can see everything I'm doing. So it's twitter.com slash Dago Renouf. And, you know, is the best way to see what I'm about, see the memes, go to Logology if you need a logo, buy my course if you want to get better, you know, and overall just connect and have fun. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks. That's a wrap. But before we end this episode, I want to make a gentleman's agreement with you. I keep sharing these amazing podcasts with you. And the only thing you need to do in return is to go to YouTube, search for Hype Fury and subscribe to our channel and go do it right now. And I'll see you again next week. 